Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashea. I'm your conduit, your coach, and your catalyst to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in the subject. A conduit provides a connection and a catalyst sparks change. So today we're going to be talking about empowerment uh, in a lot of different areas of life. And then we're going to get into uh, Lindsay Brooks' specialty which is actually sexual empowerment as we get um, later into the broadcast. Um, and so I just wanted you to say hi to the people. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. So we're going to um, start off kind of with a broad just overview of what we think empowerment is and why it's important mm -hmm. and just how people can begin on that journey of really empowering themselves. Um, and so for me, when I think of empowerment, um, I'm, a, I'm a high school teacher. Mm. And so I come from the perspective of a parent, a grandparent, um, and a, a teacher, mm. and, and also a woman. Um, so I look at learned helplessness. I see students sometimes who they give up before they've really even tried. Sure. You know, they have this mentality in their head. Like I'm, I teach English and some of you out there in the audience may be like, ah, I hated English. <laughs> and you might've walked into your English class already thinking, oh, I'm going to get a C or a D in this class. I'm going to struggle the whole time. Um, and those kind of thoughts are disempowering. They actually take your power away because what you're doing is you're, you're already giving yourself, um, in a sense, a bad mindset, you know, um, fears and worries and insecurities. And so you're taking your power away. So empowerment is actually the opposite of that to me when you are trying to uplift yourself, when you're trying to to take back what's been taken away from you, to give yourself permission to uh, really be your best and experience your best life and even move out of your comfort zone. I think all of those things are, are empowering. And, and with students, some of them, you know, you have to say, hey, it's not last year. You know, mm -hmm. it's not previous times. This is a whole new thing. And you've grown since that last experience and you might have a totally different experience. So let's just walk into this with an open mind, you know, and the same thing with my sons and my, my grandson, you know, just people sometimes are so quick to give up, but if you can say, Hey, okay, let's try again. Mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's um, just believe in ourselves a little more. And, and then they can feel and find that empowerment. Um, and so in a general sense, that's kind of what it means to me. Um, and, and as a woman, I know that they say when you hit your 40s, you kind of get into a different mindset. I'm in my 50s now. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, empowerment is also, in a sense, not worrying about what people think and not seeking approval for everything you do, but really following your heart and um just feeling like, again, like I said, you have permission to be yourself and to live um, according to your beliefs and your your goals and visions. Mm -hmm. you know, so that was kind of a long explanation on my part. Uh, what 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 comes to mind with you when you think of uh, empowerment, just in a general sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love everything you said. It resonated a lot for me. I'm about to turn 40, so I was like, oh, yeah, I, would, <laughs> I can feel that change within me of feeling more and more ready to be like, I'm going to put myself out there and care a lot less about what people think about me. Um, but yeah, in general, I think mindset is a big piece of it, like you talked about, um, that we get so many negative messages from the world about what we should be, what we shouldn't be, we should be like this. Uh, especially as women, a lot of messages like, well, we should be smaller and quieter. And um, so to really look within and figure out like what is right for me and who am I and knowing myself well, and then allowing that to shine through. Um, so kind of letting go of those negative internalized messages and really, um, figuring out what is true for you. So I think about it as like self-knowledge um, and then having a more positive mindset. Okay, I agree with that self-knowledge. I, I talk a lot about self-knowledge and I'm gonna see if I can show this. Okay, so Jessica Singleton said, 
peace. She feels like empowerment is peace. When you are empowered, you begin to walk in peace and feel peace. I can agree with that. But, and I think self-knowledge brings that too. You know, um, when I kind of said, okay, I can't do everything. I can't be everything to everybody. So I can be these things and I struggle in these areas and I'm just not even going to, I'm going to stay out of this lane. This is not my lane, you know? So uh, I, I think that that was very empowering to me to feel like, okay, I, I'm going to embrace who I am mm-hmm. and I'm going to be at peace with who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, going with that, with that theme for a minute, you know, during COVID, I think a lot of people went through a lot of changes with, you know, we still have COVID going on now, but I mean, that quarantine period where everything was shut down. Yes. So during that period, one of the things that empowered me was deciding to cut off all my hair Mm, and actually go natural. Um, And I did it in three stages. And it it was very empowering to me because for so long, I had felt like, okay, um, I don't want to necessarily put these chemicals on my scalp, Mm. but society says that this is more professional to have straight hair, to have Mm. relaxed hair. And then there came a point in time where I'm like, my hair is breaking, my hair is shedding. Mm. Uh, You know, I'm possibly going to have a bald spot in the middle of my head because it seems like this part back here just would not grow right. Um, So I feel like it's time Mm. to, in a sense, as you said, love myself, know myself. I know that my hair is not doing well. Yeah. with all these chemicals in it. It's thinning out. It's it's falling out. Um, so I am going to completely go natural and only put natural products in my hair and I'm going to cut mm-hmm. off what was there mm-hmm. and start over again, fresh, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And so that was very empowering for me. And, and it, it, it opened up the idea of, okay, if this was empowering to me, what else might I want to try? Yeah. And, and that's actually kind of partly where the podcast came from. Oh, cool. Yeah, the idea of what is empowering me and how can I use that to empower others? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so uh, definitely was all about empowerment and feeling, not feeling stuck, not feeling uh, in a rut or mm-hmm. you know, just overwhelmed by everything that was going on. Yeah. So. yeah. And I love that you were like listening to your body, paying attention to your body and letting go of like some of that societal BS <laughs> that we're told. Yeah. About what our body should look like and be like. That's such an awesome example of empowerment. Yes, I I agree. Thank you. So kind of the second question is, you know, and we're already kind of going into that. Why is empowerment a good goal to have? And and you kind of mentioned um, letting go of those kind of restrictions on who you are and how you can express yourself because mm-hmm. so much of what we've told been told is not beneficial. It might have worked at one point in time for a certain group of people, but it doesn't mean that it works for you or for me. Right. And you said listening to your body, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, and giving yourself permission to step away from societal expectations. So I think it is a good goal to have. I think, um, sometimes we repress ourselves and I'm sure you're going to talk about this later. We repress these different desires that we have because society says we should be different. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I think back when I was much younger and I was kind of told, you know, okay, get married, have a nice husband, have a couple of kids. You're going to be so happy and so fulfilled when you get married and have a family. And that's everything. And, <laughs> and yeah, that's everything. That's okay. it. That's all you need to do. Sure. You know, you can have your own goals and be independent and, and have a good education and all these things are good things to fall back on. But, you know, your, your main priority should be you're, you know, being family oriented mm-hmm. and, and that should be your main priority. And then, you know, I got married, I was married for uh, two marriages, 17 years total. Mm-hmm. And, um, it wasn't the happy life that I was promised, mm-hmm. you know, parenting is, is also challenging. There's so much good in it, so much amazing experiences in it, but it's not going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. You have to make yourself happy. You have to find the things that make you happy, a man, a relationship, a marriage, mm-hmm. kids, none of that will make you happy. None of it will make 
I don't think anybody happy. There are moments of happiness, but you have to find what makes you happy. And so for me, part of empowerment was saying, this isn't making me happy. What would make me happy? Mm -hmm. And, and finding my talents and my gifts and pursuing that and, and uh, trying to, in a sense, be fulfilled. Like, what did I come to this earth to do? What is my purpose? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And that that was very empowering to me to feel like, okay, I'm walking in my purpose. Yeah. Um, and so why would you say it's a good goal to be, you know, mm-hmm. empowered? Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think of empowerment as a tool for liberation. Like I think about it on kind of that bigger, you know, scale of like, um, we are oppressed in so many different ways by society. And empowerment to me is like that individual way that we can fight against those systems. And so by things that might feel like small steps, it's like, okay, I'm going to explore something I was told I wasn't supposed to explore, or I'm going to speak up about something that's important to me and not remain silent about it. That I feel like is a personal liberation for that person. And then if we all do a bit more of that, I think that can lead a bigger change so i feel like it's a great goal for each person individually and then collectively i just think about the power of that of like what movement um that could create so i'm particularly you know i work with women and i'm particularly passionate about women's liberation and i feel like you know we are so often told to silence our voices and be nice and be quiet and um so i think especially for women to like find that voice Mm is really, really powerful. So just speaking up can be liberating for you and for other women around you. I agree with that. And and when you were talking, I started thinking about, um, my favorite poet is Nikki Giovanni. Mm, I'm not familiar, I'll hmm? have to check her out. She, uh, you have to look up her poetry, but one of her quotes, um, she said something to the effect of um, just being a woman, being, a natural woman Mm. and loving yourself as a woman is Mm. revolutionary yes because society will tell you not to right that there's something inferior or defective or or less than about you Mm. and and then she said also just you know loving uh, a black man as a black woman is Mm. revolutionary so when i am my natural self loving my natural self as a woman, that's mm-hmm. revolutionary. And when I'm loving, when I'm w- walking in that loving relationship, that's mm-hmm. revolutionary. You know, and and it was a very powerful piece. Um, she's written a lot of lot of very powerful pieces, but you know, that's kind of a quote that resonated with me. And I think about Maya Angelou, and mm-hmm. I remember as a young girl reading "I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings," mm-hmm. and that was the first time I had ever heard anyone write about sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, incest or any of those kind of things and and her using her voice which she had chosen not to speak you know because when she told um her relatives that she had been raped you know the man who raped her was killed and she thought Mm -hmm. that her voice could be deadly Mm -hmm. and she chose not to speak and then she took her voice back Mm -hmm. and began to um you know write and speak and and perform and sing and her voice you know, captivated millions and she became, you know, a poet laureate and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so that's the power of the voice. And then talking about empowerment, I think of Rosa Parks just saying, I'm tired. I'm not, I'm not (laughs) up my seat. You know, I'm listening to my body. My body says I'm tired and I'm not going to give this seat up, you Mm -hmm. know? And so there, and, and just so many women, you know, um, that have stood up and said, hey, um, I'm going to stand up for what I believe, you know, um, and not yeah. not give in, you know. And, and you were talking about um, society. There used to be this thing called the cult of domesticity, basically, mm-hmm. you know, that you need to be the perfect wife and you need to have the perfect home and, you know, you need to have everything needs to be perfect for you to even be a good woman. Mm-hmm. And then there were women that said, no, I can 
be a good person, a good woman, even if I'm not perfect, even if I don't have the perfect home, the perfect body, the perfect whatever, I I can be, I'm, I'm still valuable, you know, still valuable. Absolutely. I think we're still unlearning that. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. There's still a lot of that in society. I feel like now we've kind of switched to you need to have the perfect home and all that stuff. And you need to have the amazing career and you need to have the kid like you, have, mm-hmm. you're supposed to do it all perfectly now. And that's, that's a new kind of, <laughs> kind of challenge and ask so much of us that I feel like is it's an impossible, like superhuman ask for women to do all those things perfectly. Yeah. And for anybody, you know, um, as we talk about empowerment, you know, this doesn't leave out men, you know, because everyone is pressured in their own way to conform. You know, men are told not to cry sometimes, right. not, you know, to be tough, mm-hmm. um, to always be in a sense in charge. Um, and that can be oppressive also where they're not allowed to be human and have feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and even, you know, I remember um, this woman wrote an article and I have no idea what her name is. And the title of the article was something about, I'm a black woman, you praise me for my strength, but don't tell me to shut up about my problems. Oh yeah. You know, cause basically she was saying that people always say, oh, black women are so strong. They're so strong, they're so strong. But then when we complain, we're angry. Right. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we can be strong, but we have to be strong and silent. Right. You know? And we are not allowed to have other feelings besides just being strong and taking it, mm-hmm. you know, and even that whole idea of the ride or die, you know, I need this chick who's a ride or die. You know, she's just loyal, loyal, loyal. Right. You know, that's again, a lack of empowerment because sometimes that comes with abuse or right. being neglected. Mm-hmm. Right. That expectation, like, are we just supposed to tolerate any kind of treatment and stay, you know, no matter what? So do you think that that's what happens with a lack of empowerment, that there is that I take too much? Yes. Yeah, that it becomes, it's kind of the opposite where you can become voiceless, right? Like you're, you're disconnected from your own needs. You may not even know what they are and can get caught in that kind of like people pleasing trap. Like I'm supposed to be everything for everyone else. And then that allows space for people to, abuse and take advantage of that right in an extreme form um in it but i think in a real like common everyday kind of ways we see women putting their needs aside mm-hmm. for the people around them and certainly we all you know there's an ebb and flow of your needs and your partner's needs or your kids need you know throughout life but i feel like there's so often an imbalance and so women are are losing connection with themselves to try to do and be all of those things um, so that can lead you to be disconnected from your emotions, your body, you know, can take you down a spiral of shame or depression, anxiety can go all kinds of negative places. Yeah. You said a lot right there. So, I mean, just, I remember feeling afraid that if I um, took better care of myself and had better boundaries that I would be called selfish. Mm, yeah. And I didn't want to be called selfish. I wanted to be considered generous and giving and loving and all of these things. But loving myself wasn't very high on that priority list. Mm. You know? And I I had to I had to learn empowerment in a sense. I had to learn that you do Someone said this, I don't know who, we probably have all heard this saying of if you're on a plane Mm. and the plane goes through turbulence, the stewardess will tell you when the oxygen mass drops down, put it Mm -hmm. on your face first. Mm -hmm. Because if you pass out, you can't help anyone. Right. So you have to first take care of yourself and then you have something from your cup to give. And that was something that I, that I had to learn because I was mm-hmm. always afraid of, you know, if I take care of myself, people are going to think I'm selfish. Right. Right. Um, Absolutely. And we're told that so often, right. When we do set a boundary, mm. well, there's something wrong with you. Like why, 
why do you need this boundary? Why is this not okay? Oh, you, you know, you're selfish for just focusing on, you know, whatever it is you're setting a boundary about. So I think that's, that's really real. And so it's very brave to set boundaries anyway, right? To know that it's, it's so important for me, even if this person has a negative reaction mm. about them. And that doesn't mean that my boundary isn't important or okay. That's true. So I know that you, you went from one type of therapy into a different type of therapy mm -hmm. based on your bio. So why don't you talk about like what made you change and, and why did you get into, um, it's called the sexual empowerment school, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, mm -hmm. I love that title. So what, what made you switch from one to the other? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I always, you know, started my career as like a, a general therapist where I work with people, you know, all kinds of issues, depression, anxiety, relationships, kind of the whole spectrum, um, but always focused in on um, diversity within that, working with, you know, sexually diverse folks, culturally diverse folks, um, and kind of specializing in supporting them with the different, you know, challenges and oppressions, you know, they're dealing with. Um, and so I found over time in that work, just doing more, you know, specifically diversity focused work, people found like, oh, okay, you're safe to talk about cultural stuff with, you're safe to talk about racism with, you're safe to talk about, you know, my sexual identity, you know, maybe I'm questioning, am I gay or those kind of things. Um, and over time they were like, oh, and actually, are you safe to talk about my sex life with? <laughs> like I just discovered more and more like that started coming up. Like I always thought of myself as, like a sex positive person, I'm certainly one of my clients to feel comfortable talking to me about that, but that wasn't, there's not a lot of emphasis in our training in general, you know, mental health training. Um, and so I just found as like that grew as a need of my clients more and more, I was like, I, I really want to support people with this and enjoy this work. And so um, decided to pursue, you know, extra training in sex therapy. Um, and then as I explored that, I felt like you know, there's a need beyond just like one-on-one -on -one therapy for people to have support with this. Like there's such a big gap in sex education. Most of us didn't get <laughs> um, that being able to share it more broadly, I feel like it's really important. So that's, you know, why I decided to start sexual empowerment school, which kind of takes, takes it, you know, out of the therapy context. And I just want to share some of the information I've learned in, you know, in workshops and online resources and talks like this to, get that information out there so people deserve it and, and aren't getting it. Okay, that's awesome. You know, I think American society um, is repressed. Mm -hmm. um, I think about movies, for example, mm -hmm. can have 500,000 shots fired right. in a movie and it could be PG. Mm -hmm. right? and, and it's just okay that's okay to see all of this blood and gore but mm -hmm. show one scantily clad woman or one you know pair of breasts or anything and it's almost you know rx or something you know it's it's like sure. the human body um is so it's like on the one hand everything is sexualized like mm -hmm. they use sex to sell everything right but then on the other hand it's like um, things that are natural, like breastfeeding, you know, I mean, it's like people just have a fit. Like if, if a woman were to cover up and mm -hmm. be breastfeeding in public, that's just like so taboo. Right. Um, and, and just, your child, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you horrible person. What right. are you doing? Oh, yeah. don't you have any manners, any morals? You know, what is wrong with you? Right. Um, so it's, it's just like, it seems that this is, it, like I said, such a taboo, the human body is such a taboo that it, it needs to be hidden. It needs to be, um, anytime it's shown in any kind of way, it's, it's, it's going to be, um, I remember just going back to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. Janet oh, yeah. Jackson's wardrobe <laughs> malfunction, yes. you would have thought, you know, that there was a graphic sex act, you know, performed right. on stage from the way people acted from that. It was and I understand everyone was shocked and I know that she didn't in any way want to any of that to happen, but I mean, my goodness, right. <laughs> you know, it was a little overkill. Yes. You know? And also it was like her fault, right? When there was a man who actually was the one who pulled off <laughs> and revealed what we shouldn't have seen, right? Like 
Right. So it's one blamed and shamed for that. Yeah. And it, it just seems, man, I'm even on, on Facebook. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm in these different groups and you'll see these posts like, you know, is masturbation a sin or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, this guy was, this guy was, uh, on a Facebook group that I'm in and he was saying, I can't believe you women say that you're abstinent, but I'm sure you masturbate. Mm. what does that have to do with abstinence i mean i didn't think that one you know i think abstinence was abstaining from sex with other people that's the way i always understood it so i just thought you know it's like or the whole idea of you know body counts and there's just so much stuff that's out there and people are i don't know struggling with Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's I'm glad someone's talking about it because I think that <laughs> I think that there are people who need someone to talk to um, and need to feel better, I guess, about the choices that they're making. Um, some people might be offended by that because they they think it's good that we live in shame and and uh, repression and they mm-hmm. feel like society is too loose as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm not one to. I guess you could say judge people's lives, you know, because I've, I've been, you know, growing up, um, I went to Catholic school mm. till eighth grade. I can imagine. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. So then I went to public school mm-hmm. and I actually was in church all the time, mm. you know, and uh, basically save myself till I got to my senior year of college, did mm-hmm. not have sex. Um, until then I was afraid of sex mm-hmm. point blank. I was afraid because I thought, okay, people act like if you have sex, you can't control yourself. Like, like you're just going to lose your mind, mm-hmm. you know? And that was a scary thought to me. Like, um, they act like once you go down this path, once you've experienced it, like you just become this, you know, lunatic, this raving, mad, sex crazed fiend. Mm -hmm. And and that, that was the idea that I had of sex. Mm -hmm. So I was not prepared in a sense to be that person. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is now that I'm much older and I look back, I'm like, why would people do this to children? (laughs) Why would they make them so scared of something that's so natural and is how we got here? And, and this one of the reasons why I'm not in church now, because I look at church and I say as much as good, as much good as it can do, Mm -hmm. it does in a sense, so much harm to so many people. Yeah. by making them vilify their own bodies because mm-hmm. you know, I was taught there's a war between your flesh and your mm-hmm. spirit so you shouldn't mm-hmm. trust your body you shouldn't be in tune with your body you shouldn't even really care about your body you should crucify your body mm-hmm. and basically you know push it down push all the desires you have down and repress them wow. and and unlearning that and and beginning to love mm-hmm. my body you know, and, and love myself fully, the skin that I'm in and, and, and everything about myself was a long, very long process that I'm still, you know, beginning to walk even, you know, better in today, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, I think you have your work cut out for you (laughs) in empowering people because, um, that's my background. And yeah. so when people look at me now and they'll see me post certain things um, and I'm, I'm much more, I, I don't judge people. I feel like mm-hmm. people should, in a sense, follow their hearts, follow mm-hmm. their, their guidance, you know, their inner wisdom mm-hmm. um, and sex should be enjoyed. It should not be something that you're ashamed of. It should be something that you consider uh, something that should be, how can I put it, safely done right. you know, and has parameters um, I definitely don't believe in rape or, or any kind of abusive things with it, but it should not be where I was raised mm-hmm. that, you know, oh my God, it's, you know, the devil's work and, you know, you just going to be the sex crave lunatic. And, mm-hmm. and I remember, I, I must say this one more thing and I'm going to let you talk for a while because I don't want to mm-hmm. just, 
you know, talk forever, but I remember I being- I story, so I'm just captivated. <laughs> well, I remember being engaged. I was actually engaged to a guy in the church. Mm. And I told him, I said, I'm looking forward to when we get married because mm. I want to go and buy lingerie and I want to dress up for you. Mm. And he said, why would you want to sexually tempt me? you were going to be my husband. I mean, I want, I mean, this is going to be our first, you know, this is, I thought we were waiting for all of this. Right. You don't even want me to wear lingerie for you because you feel like that's going to make you lust. Right. I want you to desire me. And at that moment I realized that, and, and the sad thing to say mm. is that I thought something was wrong with me. Oh. And I thought that he was more spiritual than I was. Oh, no. Because he didn't want to lust after me and mm -hmm. I wanted him to lust after me. And am I tempting him? Am I a Jezebel? Am I, you know, oh my God, you know, mm -hmm. and, and looking back on that, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. I wasn't even able to have a conversation about lingerie with the man I was engaged to without, in a sense, him saying shame on you. Right for wanting to wear something that would make me desire you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, something you should put down, keep a lid on, you know? Yeah. So when, when does the lid come off? And you know, when, when does a person, if, if, if marriage isn't the place where it happens and when does it ever happen? Right. You know, so, so at that point I was like, Hmm. Um, well, not at that point. Cause at that point I was still, questioning but later on I was like yeah this is not for me I, I can't believe in these things anymore mm -hmm. um, because it's just too anything that causes this much conflict within me yeah cannot be what the path I'm supposed to be on you know mm -hmm. I shouldn't have all this conflict within me about natural normal desires like mm -hmm. wanting my husband to desire me wanting mm -hmm. to wear lingerie for my husband that shouldn't be something that causes a disagreement mm -hmm. you know yeah, and good so, for you for listening to yourself. Like, oh, this conflict does not feel good. This is not right. And where I, I belong. Right, right. So, I guess tell us more about like the sexual empowerment school and how you started it, and like what are the goals of it? How are you trying to help people in a sense like me or yeah. people who might have had their own journey? Yeah, that are coming and saying, "Okay, I want to be empowered." Yeah, exactly. Well, I think your your story resonates so much as like exactly like the kind of thing that I like to help support women with, right? Where they've gotten, you know, whether it's from the church or their family or wherever society at large, wherever it's come from, I feel like there's so many different directions. Women get the message like, you know, you should keep your sexuality under control. It's not something you should explore. Um, and so people who have gotten that message have started to question like that doesn't feel right to me I feel like this is a natural normal and thing but I haven't learned about it I don't have any support to begin to explore it and I'm I'm ready to to start to explore it um so a big piece of what I do is trying to help women unlearn those shame and fear-based messages so unpacking like okay what are are the messages that you learned um and can we you know, explore them. Are there things that are clearly not true that are, you know, that are in there that we can help you um, get some more information about? Are there different ways we can start helping you look at sex? Um, and for example, like, I, I really, I don't think people, you know, it's not true for everyone that they need to like disconnect from their faith to explore this. So is there a way within, for them, their faith, like, can they look at their sexuality as part of something that is natural, and that was like God given for them and they could still explore it even if, you know, they want to stay connected with their faith. So just kind of figuring out with them what are new ways that they could hold on to those different parts of themselves um, and beginning to tell themselves new stories. So, so that's a big part of the, the mindset piece. And then working on skills as well. So working on communication skills. Um, how can I talk with my partner <laughs> about my desires? How can I bring it up? How can I respond if they say something not very supportive? Um, and also working on mindfulness skills is a big piece of it too. Um, like you said, it's you know you were taught to like just disconnect from your body, like your body is bad, and you and you shouldn't even 
um, want to understand it. Um, so learning tools just to connect with your breath and just be in your body, even in a non-sexual sense, like how are you supposed to feel comfortable in a sexual situation if you can't even like connect with your breath and just like be with yourself? We're so in our heads, <laughs> in our society and so doing. Um, so teaching those mindfulness skills to help you settle in too. So, so those are some of the pieces that, that I focus on. That's awesome. And, um, you know, I did leave the church, but I never left my faith. I, I mean, in terms of like, I still have faith. I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. It's just my faith is not grounded in the traditional uh, ideas that I was raised with. Yeah, um, I have let that go. As you say, I have unlearned that. Yeah, <laughs> I have chosen a, a much more holistic way of, of of being in my body, in my life. Mm-hmm. Than, than what I was raised with. Um, so that that is beautiful. And, and unlearning is a very powerful thing, but it's good to do it with support, you know, so it's good that you're there for people, you know, because sometimes when you're unlearning, it can be very lonely because you have had this certain group mm-hmm. that supported you and framed you and gave you these thoughts. And, and now you're trying to move away from that, but you may not have another group that is mirroring back to you what you're you know believing now and 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 you know searching to become Mm -hmm. Um, that's why i think facebook and i think a lot of different groups are out there that people are joining to find that kind of community as they move away from things that are um, not helpful to them Mm -hmm. repressive to them and moving toward things that are more holistic and more um mindful more supportive Mm -hmm. more in a sense, enlightened. Mm. Um, and that's a pretty powerful thing. So definitely. Yeah. Community is a big part of what I offer too. Like, that's why I really like doing, I do online workshops with a group of women at a time. Like, you know, sometimes people ask me, well, why don't you just like do this work one-on-one, which, you know, I do do in therapy, but I feel like the power of community, like that offers something more beyond what I can just provide one-on-one. Um, so for women to feel that support of like, oh, there are other people out there who feel this way. There are other people who support me. Um, you know, empowerment will look different for everybody and, and how they want to pursue that. So it doesn't mean, oh, they're, they're all out kind of doing the same things in their lives. Um, but to feel like, okay, I can talk about it and I can have support and I have a community that's not shaming is huge mm. and really powerful. That is, that is very powerful and and um you know i know that i've moved into some different groups that have just a very open mind about a lot of things and and just again are about empowerment and and unlearning and just moving into the fullness of who you are you know the fullness of of all of your possibilities and your strengths and like i said just knowing yourself as we already talked about mm-hmm. um, so what you know, as a person is trying to, I guess, empower themselves, you know, unlearn different things, what are some of the things that you see that happen with people? Like, mm-hmm. um, I guess, stages they go through or mm-hmm. just different things that happen with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think, well, they're not exactly stages, but I feel like they're kind of four pieces that I find women are usually missing a few of those. Um, and so if we can kind of help fill in the gaps of those four, four pieces, then they can, can move forward in their, their journey. Um, so the first piece I think about is like getting pleasure-based sex education. Um, that for so many women, like they didn't, either they got no sex education or if they did, it was just focused on like birth control, don't get pregnant. And like, here's what your period is. (laughs) Like that's about it. Um, and pleasure is not a part of it whatsoever. Um, so learning about, you know, the parts of your body that give you pleasure, learning about different things that you enjoy, learning it is okay to experience pleasure. Like you think there can be some fear, like you're talking about like, oh, if I experience pleasure, I might become some sort of sex craze monster. I might lose control. Right. But that to, to, to feel like, oh, wait it can just be a part of my life that I experience and enjoy just like enjoying a wonderful meal brings you pleasure. Um, 
So beginning to learn more of that pleasure-based information, kind of like fill in, fill in the gaps um, of that. Um, and then, you know, there are other pieces, but <laughs> if you have questions. I mean, that, well, you know, as I grew as a woman and as I look back at history and, and um, just the way society was set up, I think that women's sexuality has been fearful to some men in power. Mm. And, um, you know, looking back at history, um, there was a lot of goddess worship at one time. Yeah. And then all of that was shut down mm. because that was just a celebration of the divine feminine and, and just how women have we bring life into the world. We are more connected to the unseen, the mm -hmm. invisible through having this portal called a womb mm -hmm. that brings, you know, souls into physical being, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that is a very spiritual um, experience, motherhood, pregnancy, mm -hmm. um, and even sex, you know, is in a sense, you know, people say, oh God, oh God, oh God. When they <laughs> You know, it's a spiritual experience. Um, mm -hmm. I think there is, in a lot of cultures, there's that we need to keep the women under control mentality. Um, and we need to take away their ability to have uh, pleasure, e even to the point of like female circumcision or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um we need to take away their ability to entice men. Let's let's wrap them all up so nobody can see anything, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. they're just so seductive. Um, anything beyond their eyes could just make a man lose his mind, mm -hmm. you know. So, and and it's just that idea, it, which kind of makes you think, oh wow, we are really powerful as women. But it's, sure. it's also <laughs> kind of sad. Like, why can't we just walk together and and support each other and see the strengths and the weaknesses in each sex and not try to put one down to raise up the other you know it's just crazy to me sometimes but yeah like what what would happen if women like <laughs> was okay and out there like what is the fear like what right what is the fear you know I, it it is interesting i don't know what the fear is I, i'm not sure why people are so afraid of it mm -hmm. um but there is still you know, I think that we're moving to a world that's accepting a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, they're accepting, you know, it's more, there's more body positivity. Mm -hmm. There's more uh, embrace of all kinds of things. But I think sex is the one area where um, there's still so much shame mm -hmm. and so much repression and so much, and, and I'm not even talking about just in a sense like I said, I, I'm never advocating promiscuity, but just the idea that a woman, as you said, should enjoy sex right. is crazy to some people. Like it's just for procreation. Right. It's wrong with you, you know, right. and, and it's that idea of if you're not trying to have a baby, you shouldn't be having sex, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I know I've heard, I don't know, I've heard in some face that they just cut a hole in the sheet Mm -hmm. And they don't even want the bodies to touch except for, you know, that one specific part, you know, right. where, you know, so it's, it's like, wow, why, you know, we were given skin and we were given nerves in our skin, yeah. you know, to be able to touch each other, you know, to be able to enjoy a handshake, a kiss, you know, a caress. Mm -hmm. and why is that so taboo? You know, it's just, it's wild. Human, right? Yeah. And, and speaking of being human, I think that so many people during quarantine realized how important touch is. Yes. Because I remember being online and we're all in our houses for like eight months. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing and reading people say things like, I can't wait till I can hug someone. Yes. I can't wait until, you know, I can get a kiss on the cheek or I can just, they weren't even talking about sex. Right. They were just talking about just a hug, just yeah. a hug, you know? Yeah. And, and it was like, you begin to realize, oh my gosh, I, I'm touch starved. I'm touch starved. Mm -hmm. I, need, I need to touch somebody else, even just a kiss on the cheek or a handshake. And, and, you know, just that whole idea that we had been away from each other and hadn't even been able to embrace or be in close proximity, 
you know, so it's like, wow, we, we need that, you right. know, and we're born with that. Cause I know they did a study. Um, this was years ago and it, I think it was in an orphanage in Germany or something like that. And they uh, found that in this specific orphanage, these children were dying at this massive rate, right? Mm. Like, like nine out of 10 babies were dying. Like it was just this massive rate. And what they realized was that the women would pick the babies up to feed them and put them down and mm. never touch them at any other time except to feed and change them. And the babies were literally dying because they weren't being touched. Yeah. And as soon as they began to be touched, then these babies began to um, become healthy again, you know, yeah. and there's a movement I know for uh, some mothers to say, Hey, keep my baby in the room with me. Yeah. You know, don't take my baby to the nursery where, where it's going to be in, you know, that incubator for, 24 hours a day, except for the times I'm feeding it. No, I want to be able to hold it whenever it cries. I want to be able to put it on my skin. I want right. to, you know, um, because those mothers realize how powerful touch is totally. that we are, we're just wired for it. We need it, you know? And I remember I took this class, I think it was, um, I don't remember what the class was, but <laughs> this class said, you need eight significant touches a day to be mm -hmm. psychologically healthy. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm like way, <laughs> way underneath that. <laughs> it's just like, wow. So yeah, it's, it's really powerful that you're teaching women that it's okay for them to get pleasure and to be in their body and to embrace their body and to just be aware of their breath. You know, breath is powerful. Mindfulness is powerful. Definitely. Yeah. And what you're saying about like, you know, mothers and babies, like we know touch, you know, connects that bond so much. It's so important. Like you're saying it literally is important for yeah. life. Right. And so that, that doesn't just end when you're a baby that translates through your adult life. And so even if it's like not sexual touch, like to touch and feel connected to other humans is just, it's a part of our fundamental needs. And so I hope people can start to like, think about it from that maybe deeper emotional place is like, oh, okay, this touches an emotional need. Everyone needs that. And sex can be one part of that. And maybe that is also a normal, natural, emotional need. It doesn't have to be this scary thing. That's true. So scrolling down there now is, is her website and she does have a quiz. What's sabotaging your sexual pleasure? Mm -hmm. So do you want to tell us anything about that quiz? Like, why do you want people to take that or? Totally. Yeah. It can be really helpful to kind of pinpoint, like, what are the things that are blocks for you right now and feeling, you know, experiencing more pleasure and feeling more connected to yourself um, sexually. So, um, you know, there's kind of four different things I find that are common. So it's either like you don't have that pleasure-based sex education, like we were talking about maybe so a lot of those internalized sex negative messages. Uh, maybe you're lacking sexual communication skills um, or maybe you're lacking a sex positive supportive community. So the quiz will ask you questions, help you figure out like which of those four things are true for you. So you can kind of pinpoint like, hmm, this is the area that maybe I most need to work on and have some support around. Um, and then when you get your result, it'll give you a specific resource of like, here's a tip of something to try to work on this and, and here's a resource for you. So it's a great way to get like a pinpointed resource for what you might be needing. So I hope that helps people kind of like jumpstart their journey and exploring this more like specifically for them. Oh, that's, that's wonderful that you're providing that as a resource. I remember um, a couple of years ago, I think I had read this article and it said something like 75 to 80% of women did not experience orgasms, mm -hmm. you know, when they had sex, it was very rare for them to experience that with a partner. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's, yeah. <laughs> that is just mind boggling, you know, yeah. and, and, and sad. Right. And you know, I will say for myself, you know, I've been married twice. I would tell people that, but yeah. um, I've been divorced almost seven years now. Mm. And um, the first guy that I dated, I guess you would say, after my divorce was the first time that I actually found out 
that I was multi-orgasmic. Mm-hmm. I'm 50. That was, <laughs> I was 43 when I found that out. Uh-huh. I didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea. Right. Unless um, you've been given permission to explore your own body or have a partner who you're comfortable exploring with. How yeah. do you figure that out, right? So that was a very new experience for me. And to just, and then, then it makes you think, well, what else don't I know? You know, what else have I not experienced? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to even imagine now mm-hmm. that there was a time when I didn't even know that mm-hmm. about myself, about my own body. Yeah. Um, and then to also have a person that says, um, you know, your sex drive isn't a problem for me. Mm. The fact that you want to have sex, that's not a problem for me. I, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Was yeah. something new for me. Because um, my first husband, he he had a high sex drive. My second husband, we had a lot of sexual issues in our mm. relationship. You know, so it, it again, I kind of felt like I went back to, you know, that first mm-hmm. experience of, you know, well, you need to just not lust, you know, lust is the problem. You're lusting. Mm-hmm. Stop lusting. Yeah. You know, even with your husband, you know what I mean? Or your soon to be husband says, so it's kind of a crazy thing. Yeah. It's such a different energy when you think about like, stop lusting. It feels like, okay, push it down, push it away versus like, accept and embrace this part right. of yourself. Accept and embrace your body's natural, you know, reaction like it's just energetically feels so different when you describe different experiences well you know for me um I can't speak for anyone else out there but Mm -hmm. I can only speak for myself those urges do not go away just because you deny them they get translated into overworking for me overeating for me Mm -hmm. working out too much for me Mm -hmm. um I have been a workaholic at times in my life. I have been a compulsive exerciser at times in my life, and I've definitely been a compulsive overeater. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that was directly tied to me pushing down so many of my desires. Sure. And as I began to say, okay, I'm not, I'm going to really explore my, my talents, my skills, my abilities, mm-hmm. my desires, and I'm not going to push them down. Mm-hmm. So much in my life just began to, feel better and feel healthier. Mm-hmm. And I began to, to, to lose weight, mm-hmm. you know, um, just a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So I think that it can be toxic for some people to continually push down, push down, push down, push down these desires and be told that they are wrong for having them, you know? Yeah. And um, generally they tend to if you try to push them down, they tend to pop up in another way. <laughs> you know, they don't just go away. Like you're saying, like you experienced it. And, oh, okay. Well, I, I felt like I had to overwork or I had to, you know, soothe with maybe eating or, you know, things like that. It's like, they don't disappear. It just finds another way to, <laughs> to come out. And I think with some people, they come out as frustration and, and anger and bitterness. And, and then some of that is targeted at, women or men who don't feel repressed Mm -hmm. well i feel repressed so if you don't feel repressed and i need to you know i need to take out my anger on you because you should be feeling what i'm feeling because i was told that this is the way i'm supposed to be totally you know so yeah so what else do you want to tell the people about you know your school your practice Mm -hmm. you know where you are located Mm -hmm. Um, yeah well i'm I'm based in san francisco but you know, everything is online these days. So, <laughs> so I'm mostly online. So if you want to explore more of the resource and things, um, you know, sexual empowerment school.com is the place to go. So, you know, like you mentioned the quizzes there. Um, and I also have for people who like the, the mindfulness piece and connecting with their body piece really resonates for them. Um, I also have a resource on there called the pleasure guide mindfulness series, um, which guides you through uh, mindfulness audios to help you learn to connect more with yourself and your body. Um, and it also has a companion journal that goes along with it that you can reflect on those experiences and helps you kind of unpack any maybe those negative, you know, thoughts that tend to come up as you explore those exercises. 
Um, so that could be something that I imagine, I know you're big on affirmations and yeah. visualization, all those things. So for people who enjoy that, that kind of work that may be a resource um, that would speak to them. Okay. So the people who uh, are watching the video or watch it on the replay, they will be able to see your information at the bottom. But for people who are listening to the podcast later, um, can you tell them where to find you on social media, on your website, all of that for them? Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so sexualempowermentschool.com is the website where you can find all, all the resources we talked about. Um, and social media, I'm on Instagram at sexualempowermentschool. Um, and I put up more kind of little informational videos and things up there. So that's kind of a good place just to stay um, connected and get just ongoing like updates and, um, you know, new little tips and things as I share them. Awesome. 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 And so she's just told you where to find her. Um, I am Zenashe. So it's Z-E-N-A-S-E, -E, uh, Zenashe Poetry on Facebook, Zenashe on Facebook. Um, and also on Instagram, Zenashe Poetry is all smushed together. Um, and I do also have several different things that I, that you can get on my website, laughsandlyrics.com backslash shop. Um, I do have affirmation cards. I have I brought some of my stuff over here for people who are watching the video. Um, so I have affirmation cards. They're like business cards, but they have different little sayings. I have magnetic bookmarks. So there's some that are square and some that are um, kind of rounded. Mm -hmm. so they come in a pack of 10 or a pack of six. So you can see how they kind of slide on the page. Mm -hmm. They're magnetized inside. And I also have a pack of 10. Okay. They all have different sayings on them. I do have different keychains, so like this one says inspire. Mm -hmm. um, so I have black ones that say like inspire, hope, create, faith, believe, and then I have little motivational bands like this says love. So I have different mm -hmm. ones that say different things. I have a bunch of other keychains. They're all colored, you know, so they have different colors like be your own hero, you know, attitude is everything. Those are some different things. Um, and I do have a personal development package. This is actually what the workbook looks like for volume one. This is all A concepts and then volume two. So this is A's and B's. And they're pretty short. Like volume one is only 20 pages and volume two is 24. So it's not going to get you overwhelmed. So this is actually what the package looks like for volume one. So it comes with a blank journal, stickers, a motivational band, uh, tabs for your journal. And... This is kind of what volume two looks like. So you get a keychain in volume two instead of the motivational band. Nice. Um, so it's a way for you to get some goal setting prompts on some of them, visualization prompts, affirmations, um, meditation prompts. It's got food for thought in there. It's got a place to put a song, a movie, a book. Uh, it's got visual kind of vision board space where you can cut and paste, put, you know, vision board stuff in there. And it also has a place for you to put like an ancestor that um, kind of motivates you. Like I talked about Rosa Parks. I talked about Maya Angelou um, or someone who's contemporary that inspires you. I talked about Nikki Giovanni. So you can actually write in your blank journal, like about the journal prompts and about your goals and the books that you're reading. It does have a place to put, you know, books that you're reading, songs you're listening to, movies that inspire you, and also to write about those role models that you may be looking up on YouTube or reading about. So it kind of gives you a lot of different ways to kind of put your left brain and your right brain to work, working on your goals and kind of making yourself a more authentic person, a more um, empowered person giving yourself permission to explore a lot of ways of thinking that you might not have thought about before. And so, so if you want those, that's on my laughsandlyrics.com slash shop page. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This was Zenergy, Z-E-N-N-U-R-G-Y. It's about the urge for more peace and fulfillment in life. And I wanted to thank uh, Lindsay Brooks for being with us. So tell them again, one more time where they can find you. Thank you so much for having me and sharing. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, feel free to connect with me at sexualempowermentschool.com or on Instagram at sexualempowermentschool. I'd love to connect and build more community. Awesome. And I told you where to find me and may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you for being here.
My name is Zenai Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with a workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one, I'm going to show you mine, is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you.